0: Today, we will talk about why Jackson Dart should be the starting quarterback for Troy. Not Willie. It's going to be an opinion thing, but we're going to make our case. We'll do Luke Altmaier tomorrow. And we spend time talking about Aiden Williams, different ways that his commitment will help out Ole Miss, plus play John Garcia's hit from yesterday as well. This is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Willis. Thank you for joining me. At Stephen Willis, right there is the Twitter address, and we're at Locked On Ole Miss on TikTok as well. Several socials that you can follow us. Anyway, thank you for making the Lockdown on Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts, including YouTube. So do us a favor, go to the YouTube channel, subscribe, um, hit the bell for notifications and new videos, which happens quite frequently, and, of course, upvote the video itself. That would help us out and make us very happy. Um, we're just doing this for the fun. We're not trying to make any money off anything, but those subscriptions will help us. Anyway, the second scrimmage has happened and camp is over officially. It ended Saturday at about three o'clock in the afternoon. And misinformation started going around everywhere. Somebody on Twitter posted stats of the scrimmage. Um, it was, um, conflicted by somebody else. And there was a giant argument and, um, Bradley Sowell came in and gave his opinion on things. And, uh, There's just many people trying to figure out what's going on and nobody's talking. Like we said, this is the benefit um, that comes with this staff, is nobody talks. It used to be a situation when Houston Nutt and Hugh Freeze was here. They would hand stuff to the media to kind of parrot it to prepare the fan base for. And the fan base is wanting something like that to happen because they're used to it. But that's not really happening right now. So we're left to our own devices to guess. And today we are going to talk about why we think Jackson Jackson Dart should be the starter come Troy. We will spend a segment on that and then we will move on to Aiden Williams. But Jackson Dart, his upside and ceiling is out of this world. Ole Miss cannot hit the lofty goals that they've set out for themselves without him performing, performing at a high rate that equals his talent. His talent coming good is the only way Ole Miss can hit these lofty high standards. If Ole Miss wants 10 wins again, Jackson Dart probably needs the quarterback. He has the higher ceiling. He also has the lower floor, but he has the higher ceiling. The big plays that can happen and the advantage that can be taken over in the backfield of a Zach Evans um, with a Ulysses Bentley IV, Those guys in the backfield, with the receivers outside like Jalen Robinson, Michael Trigg potentially, Jackson Dart is in a position to take advantage of them as well. The receivers on the outside, the Malik Heath, the Jonathan Mingos, the Braylon Browns, those guys, big arms is the order of the day. Jackson Dart would absolutely bring the best out of them. Not even close, not even in question. The only question that people have about Jackson Dart is consistency and turnovers. Thus, the two things we've heard all over camp, and we've been on this since the beginning, that if Jackson Dart turns the ball over, he's not going to be the quarterback. We've been pretty clear about that. But after a scrimmage where he did not turn it over and he basically set the place on fire, there's rumors... Uh, I, I definitely rumors that he had a really good scrimmage yesterday as well, or Saturday. If that happens, the question of Jackson Dart being a gamer needs to seriously be considered. Because if you need a robot that just, can just go out and perform at a consistent level through practice and games but nothing really special, then Jackson Dart's probably not your guy. But the rumor is they had a pretty good scrimmage yesterday. Or Saturday, sorry. I'm recording on Sunday, obviously. And that's two in a row. There's only two scrimmages that this team gets to have. Whenever I was there, four and five scrimmages would be the norm. But this one has two because the next scrimmage they have is going to be a mock game. It'll be Saturday. And basically that is like a scrimmage except for the football plays. It'll be the substitutions to make sure the punt team, the kickoff team, the operation, it's kind of a walkthrough of that. Headset air etiquette, stuff like that. Get that ready for the first game. But it's not going to be a true scrimmage. Sure, there might be a couple plays run, but it's not going to be a true scrimmage. Those have gone. And if Jackson Dart was the clear winner of the first scrimmage, and was anywhere remotely close to even in the second, I think the advantage has to go to Jackson Dart. And I think you're starting to see other people warm to that idea. I don't know, but I think this um, quarterback competition may have had a little bit more of 2015 than any of us thought possible. We weren't in control of the narratives. We don't have people with a trained enough eye to be able to pick it apart. And so whenever you were told at a press conference, this is even, it was naturally parroted that this is even. Or Luke is the winner. And the narrative that needs, that needs to be said is going out through the media. And that's fine. That's the way this is supposed to work. The coaches are doing their job. But after the scrimmages and the rumors and everything that I hear coming out of it, I just don't know how Jackson Dart doesn't start against Troy. He might not. He absolutely might not. I'm not predicting anything. I'm just going off an opinion of what we've heard. Um, And what we've heard is that Jackson Dart has been inconsistent, that Luke Altmaier has been more consistent and moved the team very well, although every time we see Luke Altmaier, it was with the underneath stuff, which can work. But let's be fair. If it's all underneath, those safeties are going to creep forward. They're going to take away the RPOs, and then your offense is going to be in a little bit of trouble. So you need a quarterback that can stretch the field. You need a quarterback that can make people play, pay downfield. That's just the way it is. It isn't necessarily a one-way-or-another thing. That's just a playing quarterback thing. And in order to expand the defense, create more space, and have, have room to operate. Whenever people say room to operate, that's what they mean. If the safe, safeties are allowed to squeeze that area behind the linebackers, the linebackers are free to completely sell out against the run, and those RPO linebacker plays don't really work. So this is why I think that Jackson Dart probably has the upper hand. Now, we've talked to Bill Flowers and Stuart Patridge and Mike Espy and Marche Green, and they all mentioned having a leader in place a couple of weeks before the first game. To a person, they all mentioned that. So, our concern over the last week is, like I said, we were rooting for brevity. Whoever wins this job needs to win it. If it's close... I don't know if it's really that close because I had a conversation with Bill Flowers about the politics nature of college football. And to have a transfer coming in and doing all that, Luke Altmaier has to outright win the job to play. And if Luke Altmaier goes out first, understand that he probably did outright win the job. There's just so much unknowns that we don't know right now. And that's absolutely fine. But... Right now, I think all of this, this is why Jackson Dart should start against Troy. All of the stuff we talked about for the last 10 minutes is why Jackson Dart should start against Troy. Now, tomorrow, we're going to tell you why Luke Altmaier should start against Troy. And we're getting, we're not really ready to make a prediction yet on this but we're getting close. Understand that after the last two scrimmage and everything we've heard about Jackson Dart makes us close to making that prediction of that happening. But we're not there yet. I want to hear what Lane has to say today about the scrimmage, which he's going to say that Luke had a fantastic scrimmage and he's going to say that it's still an even competition and all that. Because until a player sits down and goes to his first class, they can transfer and be eligible this semester, in some cases. Not in the SEC, but Luke Altmyer, if he were to find out that he didn't win the job, could transfer before school started to Southern Miss and be eligible at Southern Miss immediately. But as soon as he goes to his first class and is enrolled and goes to his first class, all of a sudden he's kind of locked in for the semester and transfers and immediate eligibility is no longer possible. Now, I'm not saying anything like that is likely. It's just one of those food-for-thought types thing in the back of my mind. That, that's all. I'm interested to see what competition is going to be like. Now, camp's over. They're going to start putting in Troy stuff and start working on the game plan this week. Next week is going to be full game week, and we are 12 days away from Ole Miss versus Troy. Dante Dante Moncrief away from Troy. It's getting close. It's getting real close. But I do think that um, they have a plan and they do know quarterbacks more than any of us. But I do think that coaches are the most risk-averse people on the planet and they want everything to be as perfect as possible, they're definitely not C's get degrees, people. They want perfection as much as they can get, and they're scared to death of a turnover. So understand that. If for some reason Jackson Dart does not come out as the leader or whatever, and that takes the first snap against Troy, know that this is probably turnover-based. Because Lane Kiffin abhors... Turnovers. It's just the way it is. Anyway, I do want to tell you about Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information. From live in-game betting scores and podcasts, they have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. The Ultimate College Football Preview is here. A seven-episode preview with college experts, local team experts, and Odyssey College Football Insiders. It's everything you need to be ready for the college football season in one spot. Search for Ultimate College Football Preview on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. Um, I think potentially the SEC one might end up on my feed. I'm not sure. Don't hold me to that. Anyway, Ole Miss got a commitment from Aiden Williams out of Ridgeland High School in Ridgeland, Mississippi. I think that's the Titans. That's actually a high school that I don't think existed when I went to high school. That makes me feel old. That one and Generation Z people referring to me graduating in the late 1900s. Both of those make me feel really old. But... He's a really good player. You watch his film, and you can see his film um, on my Twitter timeline below, on there. You see him move around, he looks real smooth. I don't wanna say Elijah Moore, because Elijah Moore is a very special dude. He's, He's a special cat. But, he looks like he moves around like somebody that height. He looks like, honestly, when Mike Espy, Used to run around at like six foot, six one. That's how tall I thought he was. And then you look on there and see the six two, six three. And he doesn't look like Randy Moss, that long, gangly stride running. He looked like a really smooth guy. And I think it's important to realize that he has a chance to be really special. Um, John Garcia, which you're going to hear in segment three, we're going to play that in case you haven't seen the video before. Um, comparison to Dontario Drummond and the smoothness that he plays, and that shows you what type of player he can be because Dontario got moved into the slot. Not because he could do it, but because he did it well and it became a matchup nightmare. Essentially... He was a plus wide receiver, a tight end, whenever we didn't really have one. That allowed the middle of the field to get opened up. And he was quite a productive player. You remember the Louisville game last year? Big plays all over it. But Aiden Williams, when you look at his highlight film, there's players, there's, there could be six players around him that you think he's going to be tackled. He breaks free and goes to the house. When I was at Rivals, I, I've explained this two or three times on this channel now, and I'll do it again for those who might not know what I'm talking about. I did not want to know what jersey number the player I was going to cover was. I wanted to see the game in the beginning and figure out which one was him. Because if he was a big-time player in high school football and going to a Ole Miss, going to an Alabama, going to a big-time school, he would be obviously the best player on the field. And if he wasn't, that was a red flag for me. So that kind of let me know exactly how much I needed to pay attention because there was a difference between doing a highlight and doing a highlight. And that you know that's kind of a little inside baseball. So, for instance, in, I don't know, it might have been 2010, 2011, they sent me to Fort Campbell, Kentucky to um, cover the military high school's football team and cover a player named Antonio Andrews. Some of y'all probably know that name right off the bat and the career that he had. But when I went up there, it was just like a throwaway thing. Hey, we need video of this guy. Go get him, please. And I was like, okay, you know, Fort Campbell was right off the road. It was about an hour drive away. Yeah. Go do it. And you sit there, and all of a sudden, this kid pops. Just absolutely pops. It might have been playing 3A ball in Kentucky or anything like that, but this kid popped off the film. And you're like, this kid is better than the three-star that we had him ranked to be. He ended up going to Western Kentucky and the Tennessee Titans and had a decent career for somebody that was almost short handed um, coming through as a military brat going to Western and into the Titans. So whenever you see a player that pops on film like Aiden Williams does, that's the point. You need to pay attention to it. You need to pay attention to it honestly more than any other point. You might have a five star whose film just doesn't pop. That happens because some people are combine warriors. But if you see a game situation and there can be an upper three star where the it's like wow, this kid is really good. You need to pay attention. You need to pay attention. Before we get into the John um, Garcia portion of the program, I do want to um, show these tweets. They came up about the Aiden Williams commitment. This one from the Clarion Ledger. Mississippi's top 2023 wide receiver Aiden Williams commits to Ole Miss football. It's pretty standard, a bowler plate tweet. And then we have this one from the Mississippi High School sports page. Um, I kind of like the, I don't know what he's trying to do, but it's kind of like a film thing maybe. I don't know. But he says Aiden Williams has committed to Ole Miss. It's got an article up about that as well, Mississippi High School football page. And this one I just have up um, because look look at the Twitter handle. It's Disney News Beyond the Headlines. And I was like, okay, that's the way to go. Maybe, maybe Disney um, down here, and as much as I talk about them, they're picking up a little bit. I, I, I do not know. But it should be really, really cool. Um but those are the three tweets right offhand that come to mind. Anyway, when we come back, when we come back, we are going to talk to John Garcia and he's going to provide a breakdown of Aiden Williams. Um and then I will get out of here fairly quickly. Um but first I do want to talk about these things, this <laughs> after these messages. All right, thanks again for making the Lockdown almost podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including iTunes and Spotify. Please give us a five-star review. You can say whatever you want to say. Just make sure it's a five-star review. If you can do that, it would make us very happy. Again, say whatever you want to say. Just make sure it's a five-star review. That'll help others find the podcast in the future. So thank you very much. Huge numbers on the podcast right now, by the way. Absolutely insane. I'm, I'm sure my boss... Is pleased with it. Anyway, this is John Garcia talking about the Aiden Williams commitment. Um, right after it's done, we're gonna get out of here. So you want to hear from me again. But anyway, John Garcia on Aiden Williams right here on Locked On Ole Miss. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first. Listen every day. We are free and wherever you get your podcast. John Garcia is here to talk a little bit of recruiting, and he comes by way of LinkedIn. I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College network. LinkedIn helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Locked On College. Terms and conditions apply. John, welcome back to the show. How are you doing today, man? Good, doing well, Steven. Good to be back on with you. Uh, we, we know things are heating up for the
1: Rebels, so a good time to check in. And obviously the season is, is right around the corner, too. So everybody, uh, everybody's pretty excited, and yours truly included.
0: Yeah, um, let's jump right into it. Recently, um, Aiden Williams just committed to Ole Miss. Talk a little bit what Aiden brings, and if you can, give us a comp to another Mississippi receiver that has come through in the past. Ooh, that last part will be
1: fun. Uh, but on, on the surface level, Aiden Williams is is one of these classic outside wide receivers in this class of 2023. He's about 6'2", six 6'2 two, six two relatively well filled out, 185, 190 right now or so, muscular build, but certainly has room to improve upon his frame. And, and there's a whole lot of completeness in his game. It, it's not the fastest, the twitchiest. Or the most polished, but he's like right there in every category. He can absolutely run, uh, track the football very, very well. I've seen him make in person dozens of contested catches. So he really apexes that football at a very high level. And again, pair that with his frame and the catch radius here is, is really impressive from Aiden's perspective. But, but where I think he's made big strides, Steven. Is as a route runner. You know, he used to be just a, a vertical guy, nine routes, deep balls, back shoulders, just an athlete going down the field that you say, hey, go get it. But now over the last 12 months, we've seen him really start to put some route combinations together. He's stemming defenders, he's breaking well at the top of the route with good leverage, which is not easy to do at, at six two, six two and a half. So we're seeing him polish up in that department. The footwork has looked really good. He's He's kind of a a guy who just plays, he plays smaller than he is. He's quicker than you would expect a 6'2 wide receiver to be. Uh, And we see some polish uh, come along the way here. Uh, His hands have gotten better as well. He would be the guy who a year ago would make the contested catch over two guys and then drop the slam, right? Just drop the easy money. But we're seeing him start to polish up and clean up a little bit more. The focus has improved. And everything's kind of just, come along in a really nice way to the point where I think he's going to be a phenomenal SEC wide receiver, whether you look at it from a statistical or volume perspective or just from an athletic perspective and a chunk plays perspective. He's good after the catch. He's bringing some physicality and toughness to the position there as well, which is only going to improve as he gets bigger and stronger in an SEC strength and conditioning program, so clearly i'm a big fan of, of aiden williams overall he's flashed early on and he's developed beyond that over the last couple of years and let me tell you from, from a comp perspective i see some drummond in this kid's game you know it's it's not the flashiest thing but you look up and it's nine catches for 140 yards and a touchdown i think that is something we can expect to see with aiden williams uh and and i thought at times last year for the rebels drummond looked like not only the best player at wide receiver but the best player on the field for Ole miss at times it was almost like a quarterback where he he had a rhythm to his game and when he got hot he was doing everything sideline catches after the cat stuff winning against contested uh situations he kind of became this complete wide receiver where it wasn't the flashiest thing in the world but man It was productive, it was reliable, and it was something that was a huge part of a 10-win regular season for for Ole Miss. And I think Aiden Williams immediately can step in and do some of those very same things, especially considering he's got an entire year left of high school ball to continue to polish up. And if he stays on that trajectory, I think he's a guy who plays his way into the SI99 rankings, and he's going to play his way onto early playing time at at Ole Miss, the in-state program.
0: Yeah, and whenever I worked at Rivals and I'd go out and have to film film all these prospects, um, one of the games that I like to play is I didn't want to know who the prospect was on the field. Nice. I wanted, I, wanted, I wanted that to jump out to me because it was my opinion. If a player was going to Ole Miss, if a player was going to Miami or any of these big schools, they should be absolutely the best player on the field in high school. So if that player didn't pop out in the high school game, all of a sudden I knew there's like, okay, I don't necessarily have to work, worry about this. Now, One, the reason I bring this up is because I looked at Aiden's huddle highlights, which I recommend everybody watch these highlights. <laughs> yeah, everyone in your audience,
1: <laughs> absolutely. Please. Yeah, please. yeah
0: because there's just plays, and it, it, it almost turned into Bo Jackson versus Tecmo Bowl <laughs> in, in some of those things to where he's like, okay, this is going to be a seven-yard slant. Boom, 80-yard touchdown. And it's, it's really phenomenal, especially in a high school that didn't exist whenever I was in high school in Mississippi, in Ridgeland High School.
1: Yeah, just dominant stuff. Again, I think that's where his, his run after the catch and physicality shows up a, a whole lot more. Um, and then you pair that with the kind of energy he brings. I think he's kind of an energy booster to an entire offense. And then it, that's how his personality is, too, just getting to know him. He reflects that always has a smile on his face, always willing to compete uh, despite that as well. So a kid who's not going to shy away from from any sort of competition. So a, a guy you want in your locker room uh, and, and a guy who could be your Kickstarter. Uh, I think there's a, a lot to like about Aiden Williams. Again, his frame right now, like you said, creates dominance on on Friday nights. Guys can't get him to the ground at 6'2", 185. So as he as he pushes towards maybe 6'3", 200 pounds, by the time he sees the field in Oxford, all of those strengths will only become enhanced. Uh, and I think, again, that's, that's why he brings so much value as a traditional wide receiver one, a traditional split end, who you can really build an entire game plan around down the line, uh, even at a school like Ole Miss, where there's always going to be great skill position talent and look it's a big need for the rebels right I mean I think that's that's another factor here this is a huge need for Ole Miss in this recruiting class a a lot of experience at the wide receiver position they brought in multiple guys in the portal for a reason there and obviously because of that you don't expect those guys to stick around very long thereafter so there's going to need to be an influx of skill position talent particularly at wide receiver and, and this is a heck of a way to kick that off
0: Yes, before we let you go, um, real quick, you mentioned his personality earlier. Is he the type of person that makes others around him better?
1: He is because he brings that balance of I'm a high-energy, positive type of guy with this competitiveness that, hey, once we're on the field and in between the lines, something switches. And now I want to be an aggressor and, and a dominant player, an alpha type of player on top of that. So really in any of those two categories, you can elevate someone else, whether it's physically to your your level of competition or to keep things positive when, you know, hey, maybe we're down 10 points, we're in the huddle and we need to get a drive going. You know, now his energy, his positivity, his motor, even before you, you get to the, the line of scrimmage can start to lift you up a little bit. So yeah, I think he's an extremely positive locker room person uh, and then obviously on the field he can back it up with his his absolute alpha style and mentality at, at wide receiver which is you know a huge deal on either front
0: all right john garcia brought to you by linkedin jobs stopping by thanks john for coming by and we look to hear from you soon
1: sounds good steven thanks for having me